508, it is Thursday, one of the few days I'm showing up to work this week. Right, you're off again tomorrow. I am, and you're off too, right? I am, yes. Do you have big plans? or? Um, No, we're just going to, usually we like to take a Friday off together, Chris and I, my husband, just to do a little last minute holiday shopping, Nice. maybe have a little lunch, just a little date day. You're going to go visit the six state flag finalists over at so. Mall of America? I don't think so. Would that be special? You'll go get your <laughs> get your family Christmas picture? Ah, that's okay. No? Hmm. How funny. What a funny thing. You know, and... <laughs> the whole thing is kind of ridiculous, What I'm it? questioning is... Well, not why. They can do what they want. but sure. So they're, so they're going to display these six flags, fabric flags, for people to see. Right. But at the same time, we were just told yesterday that they're going to change again. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, they're taking some more feedback to incorporate more colors, maybe combine a few flag designs. So these aren't probably truly the finalists, you yeah. know? Right. Do you think like, the artists get to take their flag at least. I mean, we're we're not paying these people. We're making. We're probably going to charge them the way government seems to work. <laughs> yeah. But congrats on being a finalist. The federal government now has decided tax to tax the flag. you. Mm-hmm. Because you missed the deadline by fifteen days. Right. <laughs> Just ridiculous. I know. Um. That sounds like that should be a good day. Alyssa yeah. and I will. Uh, I don't think we have any real plans tomorrow. Same kind of deal. Yeah. Like doing the shopping and I don't know. I like having that sort of laid laid back day. I do too. I do too. If I had a choice though of any day of the week to have just one day off, I think I would always go with Monday. You would go Monday. You're a Monday. It just yeah. ex- extends that weekend. True. You don't get the Sunday scaries. You don't have to get up early. It's just kind of nice. When you think about France, have you ever been to France? No, I would love to go to France. That's on the bucket list? Mm-hmm. I highly recommend mm, Yes. It's Where have you been? We've been... Uh, So when Alyssa uh, was in college, she uh, spent a she spent like six months living in France. Mm, She studied abroad, and I studied abroad as well. Uh, But I went over (laughs) just stupid. So I went over to visit her uh, while she was studying in Alsace. Not with your broad. Not with my broad. Okay. Um, I did try to break up with her. Did I ever tell this story? You tried to break up with Alyssa? Yes. In France? No. Okay. Before she went, <laughs> she's going to kill me for telling this story, but before she went off to study in France, I thought the chivalrous thing to do would be to break up with <gasps> to her. Set her free. Set her free. Yes. I'm like, I don't know, maybe you want to like go date some guy in a beret with we oui, we oui. I was very concerned that she was going to start smoking yes. for some reason that was one of my concerns but I'm like I don't want you to be I don't want you to like limit your experience yeah oh she was so pissed oh really yeah well I mean it's difficult to send the message Let's break up in a positive manner. Well, I guess it was you are taking it in the in the spirit intended. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also not taking into consideration how long had you been together by then. Like how committed and big Mm. relationship were you at this point? Let's see. So it was probably a year and a year and a half, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty solid. College time where you're seeing each other every day. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Yeah. We sort of knew, but yeah. Yeah. I meant well. I, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs>
But so anyway, we went over and visited then, and then we have been back like to do w- the wine region, like oh, Champagne wow. and uh, Bordeaux. Ugh, that was pretty cool. Beautiful. Good for you. When I think of French food in France, I think slow, leisurely, long meal. Right. And the last time we were there, in fact, the small town uh, like shut down for two hours over lunch. A siesta. Because everyone was eating lunch. Mm-hmm. It was just a very leisurely thing. The hottest thing, the New York Times reports, in France right now is American fast food. Really? Oh, that is so disappointing. Krispy Kreme no. is the hottest thing right now. <gasps> oh. The French love American products. There's a hype around American food chains. I don't like that. It's sort of shocking, right? It is shocking. It is the gastronomy capital of the world, and it is the biggest market in Europe for major American fast food chains. Popeye's. Popeye's Chicken. Open the first of 350 restaurants they plan in France. Wendy's, Burger King, KFC. It must be such a novelty to them because they're used to this relaxed pace of life where you sit around the table for hours, you have wine with your meals, you just right. hang out. And it's it's like an it's like an untapped market for these yeah, fast food. I chains. get that. Wow. It is I feel a little disappointed. I'm though. very disappointed. There's but a I little get bit it. of American pride. You're like, ah, Take that, you French, you Frenchies and your fancy pants and all the young generation. They just want some Krispy Kreme donuts. Wow. Almost half of men surveyed think they could land a passenger plane. <gasps> what? Men. Undefeated when it comes to absolutely ridiculous <laughs> overconfidence. Well, anybody. We don't have to bash men. But anybody who says, you know, 50% of any population that says they can land a plane, come on. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yes, it is. Now, the truth is, the overall survey, one-third of Americans think they could, they could uh, land that airplane. How many states have legalized marijuana? <laughs> but when you, break, gracious. when you break it down to women... So women are a little more realistic, but honestly, women are as delusional. uh, Women are more delusional than I thought. Seven percent of women are very confident they could land a plane in an emergency. Passenger plane. Well, 13 percent are somewhat confident. Now, when you compare that to men, though, 20 percent are very confident. (laughs) See, now, if somebody had a couple of flying lessons under their belt, sure. Maybe. But not just out of the blue if you've never been in a cockpit before. Passenger airplane relying only on the assistance of air traffic control. I do not feel, I would put myself in the not at all confident category. Not at all. And you know, you cannot depend on air traffic controllers because they are overworked and they are struggling big time right now. So true. Which is really concerning to me. It's very concerning. It's, it's terrible. It's a bad situation. Well, and you think about, obviously, there's staffing concerns all around uh, the economy, right? Mm-hmm. But when you think about air traffic control, like, it's, it's in a way, it's one of the worst 
type of jobs to recruit people to right now because you have to be there. You yeah. have to show up. That gets its own category. That's kind of so a stressful. Step above. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who uh, went through the application process to become a 911 dispatch wow. operator. Yeah. And she said it was very intense. Um, but because she went through the process, and the process is fill out a form, you know, usual job application, background check, mm-hmm. interview. Then they give you a test, and they give you another test. Like, it's pretty intense. Yeah. As it should be. And, like, how are we ever going to fix staffing for a job that is of utmost importance? Yeah. Limited appeal. And it's really hard to get the job. You got to pay them. You got to pay them. You know, all those jobs where we're understaffed and they're so, so crucial just to people's safety. It is sort you got to fork it over for those. It is sort of the answer, isn't it? I like, think so. Where we, and I don't think we, but like the hiring people and the boss world, like this isn't that complicated. Uh, yeah, like, I don't think so. You just have to pay people exactly. a, a lot more. Right. Yeah. You, there are certain jobs that you wonder, like, can pay make that much of a difference, like to be a police officer? Mm-hmm. Like, should officers get paid more? Yes. But if you raise the pay, is that going to be enough of an incentive for people? I don't uh, know. I don't know. That job is not one that many people want these days. And I think we're turning the tide a little bit here with what Minneapolis is doing. But yep. it's still tough. That's a tough sell. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think about, like, your own kid. Would you want your kid to be in that field? I don't think so. I mean, I would be so proud but yeah i feel the same yeah i know I, you know he wants to be in computer science that's a good little Fine. place for him to be <laughs> yes i don't have to worry about your safety or <laughs> at least i don't think so i don't know right we got hackers out there all of that one more uh, fast food story for you mcdonald's is launching a drinks restaurant Hmm. It's called Cosmic. I saw a little blurb on TV about this. What is it? So it's being, they are only going to open 10 of them. It's a a test. And remember McDonald's launched Chipotle. That's right. So they've launched some stuff, but it's a new restaurant format with drinks and treats designed to appeal to afternoon snackers. Hmm. So they're trying to go after Starbucks and Dunkin'. Okay. And some of the, they'll have like a churro frappe or a pear flavored slush or a turmeric latte. Wow. So it's sort of like buzzy type flavors maybe, Mm -hmm. but probably, you know, more along the line of like the Starbucks Frappuccino or the, you know, the caribou drinks that you go have where you know it's a treat. It's not like, I'm not getting a cup of coffee. Exactly. But apparently, drinks, this category, is like a $100 billion category. I believe it. People are into those drinks. It's fascinating. I just drink coffee, black Mm -hmm. coffee. Sometimes I have a latte or a Mm -hmm. cappuccino, but I don't get that fancy with my drinks. Yeah. But you see people all the time walking around with, you know, the whipped cream on the top of the whole thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, they they are delicious. They are delicious. (laughs) They are delicious. But they're expensive and they're full of sugar. it's, It's so... You know, when McDonald's gets to work on it, whatever you think about McDonald's, it's massive. 
Mm-hmm. So it'll be, I'm super interested to see what they come up with. Cosmics was like an old character. Uh, oh. Like in the old McDonald's commercials. Oh, like Grimace's friend? Yeah. Cosmic. Yeah. Cosmic. Uh, thanks, Laura. Have yes. a great day off. Thank you. See you next week. Wouldn't the world be better if all billionaires were like Mackenzie Scott? I think so. We're going to talk about her. Uh, where are we flying to? Top destinations from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Had a couple of surprises to me. And video gaming. It's a sport, and it's coming to middle school. We'll talk about it next on D-Rush Hour News Headlines. D-Rush Hour News Headlines on December 7th here on CCO. Wouldn't the world be better if we had more billionaires like Mackenzie Scott Six Twin Cities nonprofits get unexpected gifts. She announced that she is donating $26 million to six metro area organizations, part of $2 billion plus that she's given to 360 organizations. Star Tribune writing about this. I about fell out of my chair, said Ann Kazaban, the executive director of Southside Community Health Services. She got $2.6 million. Her clinic is small. She serves low-income residents in South Minneapolis. $10 million goes to the City of Lakes Community Land Trust, helps provide affordable home ownership opportunities. Other money going to Project for Pride and Living, which is affordable housing, $7 million. Battered Women's Justice Project, $2.5 million. Hmong American Partnership and Way to Grow, which does early childhood education, also getting $2 million. If she, I don't know a dang thing about Mackenzie Scott's politics, but if she ran for president, I would vote for her. Is there a bigger trend that tells the story of Minnesota right now than all of these different ethnic shopping hubs opening in the suburbs? Mungtown Marketplace is coming to Maplewood. Finance and Commerce reporting that the same guy who owns the Mungtown Marketplace in St. Paul, which is so cool. It's on Como in Frogtown. There's 125 vendors, 11 different restaurants in there. I. Tua Shong is going to open a two-story retail center in Maplewood Mall. It used to be a Sears. And he said it's going to be different. It'll be aimed at a younger demographic. but And it might have an entertainment aspect, too, like a bowling alley or something. But pretty cool. Asia Mall and Eden Prairie, were, uh, and the developers behind Asian Mall are opening another one of those. So very, very interesting. Where are the top spots that we're flying to? All right, I don't know if I would have guessed our number one destination out of MSP. Traffic through the end of November is up compared to last year, still down compared to the pre-pandemic. So we're up 12% from last year, but down 10% from 2019. Number one destination, so it originates at MSP. So this is not like, oh, you stopped here and you're moving on. Denver, number one is Denver, 1.1 million seats. The next closest, you probably would guess, Phoenix. 770,000 seats to Phoenix. Then Atlanta, which Atlanta's a big hub, so that sort of makes sense. Chicago, 718,000. Then Vegas, L.A., Orlando, and Seattle. 
After more than 100 years in business, 100 years, a St. Paul leather manufacturer is closed. No, I don't, I don't think they're making whips. Maybe they should have been. I mean, whips are made out of leather. Yeah, it's true. I actually have a messenger bag from J.W. Hume, which was founded in St. Paul in 1905. They made their stuff on West 7th uh, for decades. They closed their store on Grand Avenue last month, but it was a bit of a surprise, according to the Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal, that the whole company shut down. Uh, they were last owned by uh, an Eden Prairie company called iMedia Brands. They run Shop HQ, the TV shopping network. Uh, kind of makes you worried about Grand Avenue. We asked the mayor about this earlier today. But the president of the Grand Avenue Business Association told uh, the Business Journal, that they get inquiries all the time for smaller local companies looking to move in to Grand. So it's all about making a deal. Don't be mad if your kid plays video games all the time. Be mad if they're not trying to be good at it and win a scholarship. Ah, can you name that tune? Name that video game. I've spent a fair amount of time playing Mario Kart, so that's one of the new... Middle school e-gaming games. Minnesota Varsity League is for middle schoolers. Soon, Wisdom Gaming owns it. The middle school version of this high school league is going to be called MNVL Junior. Twin Cities Business Magazine with the story. They said there have been an overwhelming amount of requests for middle school academic esports. Last spring, they had 69 high schools, 1,200 participants in the high school version of this. Now there are 80 schools and growing. Middle school esports league, it'll be similar as any kind of, you know, high school competition. They'll do Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros., chess, and Minecraft. Pretty interesting. This is a thing. Like, it's the same as lacrosse, just with more Doritos. More Doritos. 5.30, that's the D-Rush Hour news headlines. Oh, one of our texters is a little disturbed by the whip sound. Is it is it bringing up uncomfortable memories? Is that why? Hard to say. Hard to say. Rob Jones from Meteor Bar will join us, talk a little bit about holiday libations in just a minute here on CCO. 5.36 on this Thursday. I asked my friend Rob Jones to come in, the owner of Meteor Bar in Minneapolis, to talk a little bit about cocktails, about the holidays, uh, about being a business, big business owner. We, we, <laughs> why do you laugh? Why do you laugh about the business? You are baron, a business yeah. baron now. Sure. Yeah. No, uh, not yet. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the hot dog king of North Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, I no, I don't know. Yeah, maybe someday. You are. Hey, well, thank you. Well, I should get closer. I guess so. I've never been on the radio. Thank you is for having me. Is this your first time on the radio? Yeah. I've done the TV thing. We did the TV We've thing. We've done the TV point, thing. But this is, this is fantastic. I'm excited. About the beauty this. of this is you don't have to like do any sort of uh, cocktail demo. Yeah, I was going to bring you a cocktail. I was going to bring you tequila, and I was going to bring you those wings, and yeah. I didn't do any of them, and I'm so sorry. But I, the next I, time you're at the bar, <laughs> the next time you're at the bar, um, I'll buy you a daiquiri. Meteor Bar is one of my absolute favorites in town, and... Uh, because it has just the vibe is that of like a dive bar. Yeah. But the attention to detail on the cocktails is as good as anywhere I've been around the country. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, we wanted to create a space that was, you know, just comfortable and 
um, I guess, like, um, you know, we're in the Midwest and it's kind of like the bars that I frequented when I would get off work when I was working at the fancy places. Because you worked at some fancy places. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have a great pedigree and I did my homework and I did – I put my work in and I think uh, this is – I think Meteor is the bar that, that that the city needed. What was your first job at a restaurant? At a restaurant? Well – or what was your first job? My first job at a restaurant was McDonald's when I was 15 years old. Oh. And I rode my bike, and yeah. it was in a Walmart in uh, White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then— What I, was your favorite? Like, what was your go-to? Did you get, like, an employee meal or you know, anything? funny. Before that, I didn't like McDonald's very much. But since I was working there, um, I started eating. I, it was the number two, and I think it's still the number two. It's the two cheeseburger meal. Oh. Um, Back in Fries. back when I was living the McDonald's lifestyle, yeah, the two cheeseburger meal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was because you got two buns, like it made it, you know, it made it feel like you were eating more food or something. Yeah, because yeah, you get to unwrap, you yeah. get to go through the whole process of unwrapping a second sandwich, right? You just bring it up does make me crave. Like there's some <laughs> there's something about that burger. I don't know. It's yeah, they've gotten smaller over the years. I've noticed that. I remember that, but that was a wild job. Like you do learn a lot. You learn a lot there. Um, Why did you work? I think some teenagers, like, my youngest works, my oldest didn't. At the time, I think, did you just need money? I had friends that worked there. Ah, That was a big part of it. So that's a driver. I was young for my grade. Um, Mm. I don't know if it's because I was smarter or what, you know, who knows. But um, so most of my friends had cars. I got to hang out with them at Ah. their job. And then, you know, and then they would drive you somewhere. Yeah. Right. Uh, Rob Jones is our guest. He owns Meteor Bar in uh, just to the north of uh, the North Loop in Minneapolis, right off of 94. Uh, you said you worked at some of the fancier places, Spoon and Stable, Saffron, mm-hmm. Bradstreet Craft House. Bradstreet, Meritage for a stint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. went to St. Paul for a while. It was, it was, that was fun, too. In the holidays, are what are you noticing as far as what kind of drinks people are gravitating to? I think, I think uh, I've, there's all these holiday pop-up bars now, so um, I think people are excited about those, and those are great. Um, Isn't that interesting? Like, just the fact of, like, people throwing up Christmas all over yeah. the bar. It is fun. Alyssa and I went and oh, sought yeah. out a couple of them last week, and we went to Nico's and to Red Cow. I bet they were great. It was great. The Red Cow one looks awesome. It looks great, yeah. and at both of the places, what I was impressed at is like, yeah, it's kitschy and funny and whatever. They serve the drinks and goofy uh, drinkware, but like the quality of the cocktails was quite good. Oh, absolutely! It and didn't that's need great. to be because it's a shtick, but like yeah. it also was good. And I think you know that that gained popularity with the the original Miracle Pop Up that was like the Cocktail Kingdom thing that. Um, they were franchising to lots of places around the country. We did, you know, we did the Halloween thing, which that's, is kind of, you know, the spooky version of that. That's right. Which was super fun for us. But I, I, I don't know. I think people, people want to, especially in, in, you know, in Minnesota, I think people really want to, like, take the time to celebrate the holidays as much as they can. So, yeah. there's, you know, there's something. It's fun. That. We decorate the bar a little bit. We don't go that crazy. We thought about it, but we also just did that in October. And, it's, man, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I, you know, give credit to anyone who's doing that. But. 
the work of decorating, the worth of bringing in special glassware or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and it's then a lot. creating an entire new menu and teaching all those recipes to everybody. And it's a lot, but it's but it's worth it and it's fun. I think it it, it gives that nice vibe. We still have the nice cozy vibe. That's what's great about our bar too. It's like it's already cozy. So we just throw a tree up and a couple of string lights. And we always have Christmas lights up at the bar though. So. I wonder from textures at 651-461-9226 what your favorite bar is. Because when I moved here from Milwaukee – the number one thing that I noticed that was different about specifically Minneapolis is that it's more you don't have the corner bar the same way that you do in some other Midwestern cities. Even if you get out of the cities and get into, sure. you know, a cup, you don't have to go too far into the suburbs to get like real bar bars. Yeah. But once you're out in greater Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, there's the townie bars in Greater Minnesota. The townie Minnesota. bars. I think the the last bastion of those great neighborhood bars is Northeast Minneapolis. And it's just walking up 4th Street, you know, starting at where, like, Northeast Social is and just walking straight up 4th Street and, you know, Nightcap and Maeslax and Jimmy's and you get to Grumpy's, and which is, in my opinion, the ultimate bar. Like, Grumpy's is my favorite bar. What do you love and about Grumpy's? It's just, I think it's a nostalgia thing for me. When I first moved back here, I moved back here from Arizona where I went to culinary school. Um and uh, I moved into Northeast, and I was a couple of blocks away from Grumpy's. And it's just – that was kind of the – that was just the vibe. It was Grumpy's close. is – It's so great. It's really good. And it's just – I don't know. There's something about it there. They just – they've had some of the best bartenders that are just warm and welcoming. Everyone in there is your friend. It's just, like it has that cheers vibe, you know. Right. And that's what we're trying to do in Meteor too. It's like, you know, we're not necessarily in a neighborhood neighborhood, but um, – Everyone in there is we have we have really good clientele and our bar team is just the nicest people ever. Rob Jones is here. He owns Meteor Bar right on the edge of uh, downtown. How how do you describe it? I describe like it's it sort as of like, North Minneapolis. Yeah, it's like if you're on your way to Northeast or the North Loop from yeah. either one of those, it's right in the middle. Uh, what when you look at running a business? I mean, you were a bartender for a long time. Yeah. You managed people, but now you have a different level of responsibility. Do you do you like that aspect of it? Do you miss like you're not on the on the bar mixing cocktails all the time? I was yesterday, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I'm like once a week maybe right now. But I think it's important for my team to bartend because they're the bartenders. I'm also getting old. This is hard. Uh, it's it's <laughs> a physical job, right? Yeah, it's hard yeah. and the repetitive motion thing, and you know all that. But um, I, you know the. The hardest thing about running a business, I think, that has people that are dealing with people is always going to be people. You can control every single aspect up until that final kind of transactional moment, you know, where like someone has to be nice to a person and you hope that they're nice to you. It's just um, that's the only thing that we can't control. So that's the hardest thing to be able to like manage, I think. Um, but I'm fortunate that I do have a really great team and people that, like, want to be there and love each other. Yeah. Too, so it's, it's the, really nice. The people component is it's at anyone at any business is the same challenge. At, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. Be, it's know. hard. But, you know, maybe one day AI will just take care of all of our bartending <laughs> needs and we don't have to worry anymore. Monte Carlo is one of the answers we're getting on the oh, text absolutely. line. absolutely. Monte Carlo is great. That's a great bar. Like, speaking of wings, right? Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, you're doing cocktail classes for the holidays, right? Yeah. Um, we we try to push them during the, you know, I think it's a great gift. Um, the cocktail classes we do are, um, 
a combination of really nerdy things that you probably don't even think you want to know and just me being silly with one of my bartenders. It's a really good time. It's less about come in and this is how you make a cocktail and it's more about like this is why gin is gin and Mm. this is what juniper was used before we knew what juniper was. It's cool. Um, you know, really nerdy things that you end up loving. And, you know, you're going to have five cocktails while you're there. So everyone ends up learning things up until about that third cocktail. <laughs> and it just, then it just falls off the rails. Uh, starts Saturday, December 16th. And then another, the gin, there's a gin class, five gin cocktails. Yeah, the best way to kind of, I guess, it's just follow our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's and all the classes are on Talk. So if you go to Talk and search. Talk uh, is the best. Yeah, Meteor Talk Bar. is the answer. You can, everyone uses Talk now. Talk is great. It's very handy. It changed the way restaurants do everything. It's so five, valuable. Five gin cocktails. What? Give me one gin cocktail that you wish people would know a little better. I'm honestly, just a, a martini. Like, yeah. Uh, like uh. understanding a martini and the history behind it and the variations and how like how personal it can be. And like one of the things we're going to make sure people know is like find your perfect martini and then know how to communicate that to your bartender. Because, like, that's important, you know, because oh. it's such a personal cocktail. Right. It's Do you so like personal. it dirty? Do you like it dry? Do I like, you like it, it like, I think you like it. I like 50-50. I know. I like, because vermouth is vermouth. so important. We talk about vermouth. The 50-50 martini is... Game changer. It's a game changer. And Manhattan's too. Yes. Because it's like, you can have five. Because it's... Instead of two. It's way better. <laughs> it just tastes better. <laughs> if you're a fast drinker, sometimes you need to <laughs> yeah. pace yourself. Yeah. And the daiquiri, I I think you're a big daiquiri guy. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm the I am the uh, the ambassador for the daiquiri. I think I know town. you should have some sort of brand ambassador deal. Let's get that going. I don't think anyone wants. We're in a weird market for that. Nobody's coming to Minneapolis to try to find a brand ambassador. I know. There's like Chicago and L.A. and it's rough. We fly over country, man. But we're getting yeah. we're getting better. We're getting known for some stuff. You it's, know, we got we, some we have some amazing restaurants now, especially for Capita, like. It's pretty crazy. Three bars that you would recommend that people check out. Bars? Meteor Bar doesn't count, but where, where, <laughs> or, or three places you can get good cocktails. It doesn't have to be a bar. I, if you're, if you haven't um, had one of Jesse's cocktails at Spoon and Stable, um, Jesse is epic and amazing and deserves all of our praise. Um, I think that you can get a great cocktail at. Um, I had a great cocktail at Young Joni the other day. It was awesome. Um, Nate's doing amazing things with the cocktail program at Hi Hi right now. Uh-huh. Um, nice. Hi Hi's got some really cool cocktails. Oh, good. Um, I haven't been over there in a bit. That's so. right by Grumpy's. So you just go to Hi Hi. Go one and go across the street. Go to Grumpy's. Yeah. I was at Young Joni the other night and had a terrific cocktail. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fun. They're still doing cool stuff. It's it's cool to see, like, even as, you know, kind of the old guard moves on to other things, like, there's people that are still responsibly doing cool stuff. Nice. Travail's crushing it right now, too. They got a new guy from Chicago. Man, I live in Robbinsdale, though. So It's good news for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Travail's great. Rob, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Meteor Radio. Bar, you can check it out on Instagram or uh, Talk is the reservation website. So it's exploretalk.com slash Meteor Bar. 549, back in just a minute on CCO. The presidents of America's universities have themselves so tied in knots, so concerned about saying the right thing that they just can't bring themselves to say the right things. Today, the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Penn, uh, didn't apologize, but 
tried to explain away her failure when she testified in front of Congress and was asked a fairly simple question. If a call for the genocide of Jewish people would qualify as uh, harassment. It seems like the question, although the conflict is not simple. The answer to that question is. It's simple. Yes. If you replace Jews in that statement with any other group, it would be very clear that this would be harassment, this would be bullying, this would be intimidation, this would not be tolerated. Speech, free speech, you respect it, but there come consequences with it. And if you called for the genocide of any other group. Yeah. And so I, I am worried about the fact that especially – in this desire to avoid offending anyone. I'm also worried, like, why is it the Jews? Why is it clear that no matter what, is it because Jews in the United States appear to be white? Is it because Jews appear to be the power, uh, the people with the power in this scenario as compared to Palestinians? I think that's more of what's what's going on. And, And I think we forgot our history, too. Yeah, because I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Jews are one of the groups on the list that have been subjected to genocidal conditions. So to not have a sensitivity for that to me is just mind boggling. MIT, Harvard, Penn. Harvard is backtracking as well. Uh, Today saying calls for genocide uh, have no place at Harvard. I'm not saying that everybody needs to have uh, the same position on the government of Israel or this conflict, but, like, let's take care of each other, right? Let's let's be concerned about people no matter what ethnic group they are. And let, some of these university presidents, should they actually be university presidents if this question is so hard? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 